Dogman is the guardian of the underworld. Welcome to Scary Stories, the channel that tells you scary stories. When I was a kid, I saw what people now call dog man out in the forest past the fields behind my junior high school. And although I did not see him come out of a hole in the ground, I'm going to tell you a story about why I think Dogman is a guardian of the underworld. As told to Peter Bernard, read by P.Q. River. This story happened about 1996 or 97, when I was, I guess, 14 or 15 years old, our school was situated next to two baseball field-sized meadows that a lot of us boys and some of the girls would use to play baseball, soccer, football, or sometimes less organized games after school. One time a couple of my friends joined in with the Star Wars Club, playing some sort of touch tag Star Wars hide-and-seek style game. I got killed, so I had to stay on the ground. I chose to give my all to the role and performed a death scene as melodramatically as I could manage at that age, totally shattering it up. Then I moaned, Goodbye, cruel world, as I lay my head down on the grass, readying myself for the big sleep. After lying there for a few seconds, my friends just looking at me, I lifted my head and quickly spat out, He's dead, Jim, before once again resuming my immortal slumber. They all quickly returned to the game without even applauding my landmark performance, leaving me there on the ground alone. Listening. Listening to what? I realized I was hearing a sound I didn't recognize when I had my ear to the ground. Was it coming from the air? No. Was it coming from inside my head? Maybe. No, well, probably not. So then it must be coming from... underground? It sounded like a vibration, but not a steady one. It would rise, and it would fall, and every so often, timed in with the vibration, there would be what felt like the fall something incredibly heavy, so heavy that my entire body would shake each time it fell, which wasn't very often. The vibrations took their time and looped over and over and over again hypnotically. Soon I had forgotten all about the game, my friends, and this world. Soon my entire consciousness was filled with wonder about what possibly could be making this happen underneath me. All I could envision would be some kind of machine from one of the old Fleischer Brothers Superman cartoons from 1940, but bigger and underground in a huge cavern. Whack. Wham. Ouch. Whack. Wham. Ouch! Somebody kicked me, literally, in the butt. And I turned around angry and scared, afraid of who it might be. 
Do you want to go home, or do you want me to read you a bedtime story, my brother asked. I told you not to kick me without warning first, you dunce, I shouted back. I really had told him not to do that because it happened usually two or three times a month at unpredictable moments, and I really was beyond sick of it. All I wanted was a warning. It's not like I was asking him to stop. I told him to listen to what I had been listening to, but he thought I was just trying to get him down on the ground so I could kick him back. After a bit of arguing, I gave up and we went home. But I kept talking to him about it through homework, then I told our parents at dinner, then I kept talking to my brother about it after dinner, past more homework, through when he was trying to watch ER. By next morning, when I was still talking about it, my brother said he would listen for himself after school. But if I don't hear anything, I'll see to it that your ears are left ringing for a long time, he told me, adding his own clause to the deal without consulting me about it first. My ears were left untouched, as first my brother, then his friends, then my friends, then all the kids laid down on the grass in the meadow with one ear to the ground, listening and wondering. We all sat around, then trading theories about what it might be. Someone mentioned Richard Shaver, who the rest of us had never heard of. He was some guy who claimed voices spoke to him through machine vibrations and told him about these big machines underground, operated by slaves ruled over by evil robots. This was Friday, so some of us decided to regroup on the spot the next day around noon and take a trek into the forest just past the field in search of some entrance that might give us a clue as to what was causing the underground vibrations. I think seven of us actually showed up the next day, and off into the forest we went. My brother brought his old-school 35-millimeter camera with him, but other than that, we were equipped with nothing in the way of recording or defense equipment. We also had neglected to remember to bring food or water, and the latter came into play early as that day qualified as its own mini-Indian summer. We did, however, have a metal detector. It was old even then, and it belonged to my Uncle Arthur, but he had lent it to my dad seven or eight years ago, so he took it with us without asking permission. Who are we supposed to ask, Uncle Arthur? He'd moved south to San Francisco. So we had this thing that looked like an electrified golf club mixed with a pogo stick to me at the time, and it bleeped and blooped when we held it over bottle caps and other metallic debris which we dug out of the grounds using our hands. We speculated over each piece of garbage, wondering if it might be a clue about what was happening beneath our feet. We had wandered deeper and deeper into the forest, and I was getting pretty thirsty. It got so bad that I ripped a Y-shaped twig off a tree and tried to see if I had any dowsing abilities, more interested at that point in finding drinkable water than whatever else might be going on underground. I was broken out of my self-pity when my brother cried out that he had found something. Running over, I could hear the metal detector going off. My brother had found a round metal grating on the ground which appeared to be attached to the top of a pipe that led straight down into the ground. We had been walking into the forest for hours and had seen absolutely no above-ground structures of any kind the entire time. 
So where exactly did this pipe go down to? My friends look pretty surprised. Sometimes, even when you know something must be true, finding out it really is true can be a bit of a shock. My brother took a picture or two of the grating, and even then, we knew nobody would understand the significance of the photo, and maybe they wouldn't even believe us. I knelt down and put my ear to the grating to listen. I wasn't sure I heard or felt anything, but my friends were all talking excitedly amongst themselves. I shushed them and tried again. This time I thought I heard something, but not the same sound as before. This time it sounded like squishing and clicking. That's the best I can describe it, squishing and clicking. But no deep vibrations like before, as I had been expecting. I lifted my head to give my friends the result when one of the girls screamed. She was looking at my right ear and screaming. Then my brother was holding me and doing something to the side of my face quickly. Don't move, he said. Then, got it. Emergency over. Long live Jombie. I glanced around, trying to figure out what had just happened. Everyone looked grossed out, but that was all I knew. What was it? What was on my face, I asked, looking from one friend to another, as each avoided eye contact with me. From behind, I heard my brother doing something to the metal grating. He was unscrewing it. We all watched as he pulled the cover off the pipe and dozens of roach-sized white multi-legged insects swarmed out onto the grass in all directions. They seemed like as if God made insects without the exoskeleton. They were all soft white underbelly and legs and they all appeared wet and slimy as well. Oh, so that's what was on me, I said stunned. That's the thing Mr. Rourke put in Chekhov's ear. I was convinced that this must be some species from deep under the ground that accidentally made its way up to the surface. How else to explain its pure white color and lack of exoskeleton? Then one of the girls explained the meaning of the word larvae to me because she thought she was so smart. I know what you're thinking. Where's Dogman? I don't remember seeing larvae in the title. I remember seeing Dogman. Well, okay, so suddenly, Dogman was right, right there. there, there, there. That's what it was like. We were talking about the stages of insects' life development, and then suddenly, Dogman is there. We all discussed this moment in time for hours on multiple occasions afterward, and we all agreed that none of us noticed where he came from. Two of us thought he emerged from behind a bush, but that was as specific as they got. None of us saw him materialize or anything weird like that. I heard him first. Deep growl, or snarling kind of sound. My brother and some of the others said they first noticed or felt someone was watching them, then looked around and saw the dog man there. I should also point out that back then we called it a wolfman or werewolf. We also had an ongoing discussion about whether it could have been a Bigfoot that we somehow were confused into thinking had a dog's head, but my brother and I both noticed it had legs more like a deer or a dog, not like a human's legs at all. 
One of the girls was religious, and she thought it was the devil or a demon, but it did not have cloven hoofs. It had feet like a dog or wolf, but with the hugest claws I'd ever seen on any animal outside of the bears at the zoo. All of these perceptions were gathered in a few seconds wherein we all stood there, looking at the dogman, and it stood there, looking at us, growling deeply and quietly and baring its teeth at us. I noticed how much taller than us it was, and I thought about how if that thing wanted to, it could tear each of us apart, one at a time. I thought it was a good thing the creature didn't want to do that. Then it sprang at us. I remember it moved so fast that a trail of spit flew straight back out of both sides of its mouth before I even began to turn to run away. Each of us recall entirely different things from this point in the story on, but we ran, I ran, then hid to catch my breath, then ran, then hid for about 45 minutes. I remember distinctly looking back and seeing the dogman approaching each time I took a rest, every single time. The others say they gave up running after a while because the dogman wasn't behind them anymore, and so they walked the rest of the way. We got separated early on, but we all knew to follow the setting sun west to get back to the town, so we all made it out alive. I exited the forest along the highway, probably a quarter mile south of the school meadows. That meant I would have to walk along the highway with cars whizzing past for quite a ways in order to get back to civilization. I eagerly jumped to the task, happy to be out of the woods. I was desperate for water and panting from overexertion, but I knew I could make it home in a half hour or so, and my spirits were definitely lifting. The traffic was coming from behind me, so I was walking with my neck twisted a bit to the left, away from the forest to my right, watching for oncoming vehicles. This paid off quickly when some young bullies deliberately drove too close to me and sprayed me with gravel from the side of the highway. A few of the stones were very painful when they hit me and I was gagging on the dust, but at least I got out of the way in time to avoid being hit. Now, I had the most serious case of dry mouth ever, and I was bent over, coughing and wheezing. That's when a middle-aged, balding, sort of creepy-looking guy screeched to a halt to my left and started shouting at me to get into his car. I tried to say something to him, but found that I could not speak. He insisted I get in the car, and I grew frightened. I knew about stranger danger as well as the next kid, but this was the first time I felt like that sort of thing might be happening to me. I took a step or two back from the car. The driver slid over and opened his door, terrifying me. He looked furious and screamed at me, For God's sake, look behind you! For God's sake, look behind you! I did as he suggested, and all time slowed to stand still. There it was. The dogman was right there maybe 90 feet from me, now 80, now 70. It was on all fours, but it was still taller than I was, and it was running toward me faster than I'd ever seen anything non-motorized move in my life. I don't even remember turning around and getting in the car. I only remember us driving away and the dogman chasing us. It paced us as we sped up to 30 
40, 50 miles an hour. The driver sped up to 90 and the creature started receding into the background a bit. By then I noticed we had just passed the school grounds and I wanted to get out but still couldn't speak. The driver had a box of water bottles in the back seat which he offered me. I forget how many I drank as I gave him a corner two blocks from my house to drop me off at. He wanted to come talk to my parents about what happened, but my parents were the last people who I wanted to tell this story to. I wasn't sure how, but I was pretty certain it would get me and my brother in trouble. So all of us kids considered ourselves lucky that we got out of the situation alive with none of our parents finding out. None of us wanted to go exploring in those woods again, and we all left the meadow a bit earlier than we used to from then on. It became accepted knowledge that the entrance to hell was in the forest behind the school and that it was guarded by a werewolf. It became a running joke that this was where the school got our teachers from. We never saw a dog man again, but on the day I went away to college, I took a trip down to the school to listen to the ground one more time. The vibration was still there, same as before. I wondered what it could be. I tried one more time to visualize what could possibly make sounds like that and what it was doing under the junior high school. Then, I could swear I could hear shouting, like men shouting at each other. Men having an argument somewhere, deep underground reverberating all the way up here to the surface. To this day, before I set up a campsite or purchase a property, I bend down and listen to the ground to hear if anyone is having an argument down there. Years passed, and both my parents moved to the East Coast, my brother moved down to Los Angeles, and I ended up in Austin. When I first noticed Google Maps a few years ago, I was most interested in viewing aerial photography of that particular patch of woods, only to find that the entire area had been paved over and turned into a giant shopping mall and parking lot. Well, I can't be sure the area with the grating that we found is paved over since we didn't exactly have GPS with us that day when we went on our little adventure, but a large part of the forest is now gone and the parking lot extends all the way over to the meadows behind the school, which now no longer exist. Someday before I die, I want to travel back to that town I grew up in and I want to bend down and I want to listen to the ground in that parking lot. I want to know if the underground people moved away when the mall moved in, or if they decided that it served as a better distraction than sending a wolfman out to chase kids down the highway. These days, when I see things on the internet discussing Dogman as though he were an animal like a bear or moose, I disagree intensely. To me, the Dogman could not possibly be an ordinary creature. Ordinary creatures can't chase a car going 50 or 60 miles per hour down the highway. No, the Dogman is a guardian of the machines of the underworld. The Dogman is a creature from hell. Check out the audio podcast version of Scary Stories NYC, now available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and other popular podcatchers. Bigfoot attacked my tiny house. 
Scary Stories by Peter Bernard, Volume 1, now available on Amazon in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook versions. Narrated by P.Q. Ribber and me, Madeline Starr. Forward by TV's famous Timothy Green Beckley, better known as Mr. UFO. And if there's anyone out there who can't get enough of P.Q. Ribber, search in your favorite search engine for P.Q. Ribber, and you'll find plenty of podcasts, music, and weirdness. Come back, come back, come back for more scary stories.